All right. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Odoom and Andrea Show. This is a podcast where I sit down with my beautiful wife, Andrea, and we discuss uh, a book of someone that has done something hopefully really cool and really awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, we kind of just talk about it and see if there's anything in there that inspires us to, um, you know, to just do our own little adventure or what have you. Mm-hmm. And today we're reading a book called The Push, A Climber's Journey of Endurance, Risk and Going Beyond Limits by Tom Caldwell. Tommy, so, Tommy Caldwell. Oh, so, well, yeah, Tommy Caldwell. <laughs> and uh, just throw out this book here. And by the looks of it, I don't see any snow. So hopefully, no. thankfully, we're not going to talk about Everest. Um, no, we are going to talk about Everest. Okay. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, <laughs> it's me. I'm sad because I want to talk about Everest. Yeah, because <laughs> we haven't talked about that enough. But I'm just, I'm just traumatized every time. I just think it's going to be. So this guy's. I mean, this looks like, uh, I mean, it, what is this, El Cap or something like that? I don't know. Anyways, we'll discuss this. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, like, I love rock climbing. Haven't done it in a while. We've done it a little bit here since yeah. we've been in Halifax. Um, yeah. But then things got all shut down and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't gone back since. And we used to do quite a bit of it at uh, Grand River Rocks over in Kitchener, which mm-hmm. was a really good climbing spot. I really liked it there. Yeah. Um, so it never got super good. I'd be climbing like 510 would be kind of my max or bouldering kind of like a V2 or V3s if I was feeling adventurous. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was just great exercise and a great movement uh, and a great way to move your body. So it's really, really cool stuff. So, yeah, so excited to, to hear about this guy's journey. And I guess mm-hmm. when you're climbing out on the rocks like this, it's a lot more than just climbing, too, because there's a lot more <laughs> uh, a lot more things, especially when people do long climbing journeys. So, yeah, with that, maybe there'll be a Tom Cruise scene like in Mission Possible, too. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> or he's just free soloing a place he's never gone through before. <laughs> I do get Iron Cross at the top to boot. Oh, oh just, man, yeah. that scene is hilarious. Um, we should maybe link to that because it's hilarious. Anyways. Without further ado, The Push by Tommy Caldwell. Yeah. Take it away. So, Tommy was born premature, and um, he was born, I think it was like th- at 33 weeks, and so he was only like four pounds. Mm, that, that's close to the cutoff. Isn't it like 36? Like Your full term at 37. Full ter- 37, okay. 37 so, weeks. four weeks early. Yeah, and yeah. so, but he was only like four pounds, and yeah, his lungs like hadn't like 100% developed yet. And this was, like, back in, like, late 70s, mm-hmm. so they didn't have the technology, obviously, they have today. Um, but, like, doctors said, like, he might not survive. Mm-hmm. And so he says, um, I wonder if something instinctual, born of my struggles on when he was born, always made me try harder, as if from the start something fierce beat inside my tiny heart, not giving up seemed to come naturally to me. My mm-hmm. parents hadn't, and their willingness to believe in my existence gave me life. So... Yeah, so that's kind of... I bring your head over. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'll just, just make it fun. So good. that's kind of like how his life started and where he thinks like this push to... Interesting. Kind of came, you know, even came from... Because even like back then, it was like against the odds for him. So. Yeah. Do you, do you believe in that? In terms of like some being so young and like somehow that carries through in your personality or your... You know I what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's an interesting. It's obviously, interesting we're getting into a metaphysical debate. Yeah, it's <laughs> and it's, a, it's an right interesting the, right thing the gun. Yeah. To, to think about. But yeah, so. it's a cool quote, though. It's a cool quote. So his dad was this like big, huge bodybuilder guy. Mm. You, you have to see a picture of this guy because, yeah, like he's, this is back like in the 70s. Yeah. So he's a huge. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a big guy. <laughs> yeah. And so before. That's back. 
one. That, you know, the bodybuilders now are like that picture know, was 1980, crazy. and so yeah, he so like, he won like a bunch of it's like the golden days with like uh, well, just after Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah, I think yeah. or maybe during because he was in the know. 70s and 80s. Yeah, uh, yeah. So while his dad was in college, he was super into climbing, but then it kind of took a backseat to lifting, and so he was kind of in that like early, um, like rock climb era. And so he would always take the family out on these crazy kind of adventures. Like they would go skiing and he Mm -hmm. would always be pushing them. Like even if the situation maybe wasn't like the safest situation. Like I think he still thought like the risk was okay. But the father. Yeah. 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 So um, yeah. So they would do rock climbing. They would do skiing and everything like that. And well, so a lot of people have different levels of safety I 100%. Mean, some parents don't want their kids climbing on the monkey bars by themselves yeah you know? yeah and so they lived in colorado and so when his when he was four that was the first time he had ever really done any was like on a like rock climb wall he didn't necessarily mm-hmm. climb it he was like put like put in a harness and his dad kind of pulled him up i right, guess so right. but that was like the first time he was like exposed to that and then on their property in colorado they were just so close to all these different like climbing areas. So they would just always kind of go out climbing. And so he was like a really, because he was premature, I think that probably led him to be like pretty small. And so, and he was really shy as well. And he's just kind of like this nerd looking kid. Like you can see a picture of him in here too. He has these like big sticky out ears and, uh, but he's so cute. Like he's so cute. (laughs) so but he was like really shy um and so his dad was doing all these different things to kind of like build him up get him out of his shell and kind of give him this like physical tenacity that other kids his age didn't really have and so and he says like um because he has a sister he says we were never raised to be thrill seekers or adrenaline junkies climbing was about taking a a stimulating and potentially dangerous dangerous environment and then using our heads our attentiveness and our skills to make it safe Mm -hmm. so um and like they would get excited because they would go out like they went to wyoming and there was this big it's called devil's tower and so when he was six he climbed this thing and both him and his sister were like excited to do it like they wanted to do it um and then when he was seven his dad took him to yosemite and he he climbed this crazy thing it's called lost arrow spire and it's this big tower there's a waterfall here and this tower is like like apart from the main wall where the Mm -hmm. waterfall is and then there's like this um tyrolean traverse so i don't know if you know what this is so it's basically the rope is from this big spire and it's joined to the wall and you just kind of go on it and like go across it Mm -hmm. like uh almost like a zip line but you're not ziplining you're just you're like crazy high up like yeah it's unreal for a seven-year-old to do this yeah. like but those ropes are they're, they're tied down or whatever oh of course yeah, yeah. of course of course of course so he did a lot of this sounds like it'd be a quite a gorgeous view from there yeah it was amazing so um but it's amazing like kids um that rock climb number one they're so light they seem to they can just float up the wall which is really kind of cool yeah it's really cool um and a lot of kids too can have just like no fear as well too yeah so they're just you know they're small light and they can just they can just float just up. <laughs> really, really good really climbers good. Um, yeah especially if they're at it at an early age yeah yeah so because his dad had like all these kind of connections to the rock climbing world and what actually what happened to his dad is his dad ended up um, he was a coach at school. He was a teacher and he was like a, a coach at the school and he actually brought like rock climbing kind of to the school. And so he was um, spotting somebody mm-hmm. and he 
I don't know what happened, but he tore his bicep muscle. So then it was like, he was kind of done with the bodybuilding thing. And then mm. he put all his efforts into climbing and then climbing with Tommy as well. Right. Because he saw that this was something Tommy was like really, really good at. Mm-hmm. And so he was like encouraging it. Right. And so he had a bunch of rock climbing friends from the old days. And one really um, kind of famous guy came to their house and did a talk. And his name is Warren Harding. And so he was talk at his house at his house. Yeah. Well, because there was a bunch of like his climbing buddies came over to hear this guy talk and why he was so important was because he made the first ascent of El Cap and it was on one of the most famous routes called the nose, which is kind of like El Cap goes around Mm -hmm. kind of. And so the nose is like that one. The flat face. No. Oh, no, no. It's kind of like where it doesn't come out to a point, but that Mm. that kind of apex of how it curves around. And so it's the nose. So he made the first ascent of that. And so then, and then he would go on to make another 30 first ascents on Yosemite. So, and so he was like instrumental for pioneering these big wall techniques. So the other thing we have to talk about here is there's a ton of different types of climbing. And I had no idea like how nuanced and detailed it gets. Mm. And then even like the fights and arguments over these different types of climbing was like a really big deal. Not really, like in the whole community, yeah. Yeah. And so what this Warren Harding did is called aid climbing. So it's not necessarily, so free climbing is different. So free climbing is like top roping, but you're on this big wall. And so they call it free climbing because you're climbing without any aid. Like you're just climbing it up and attaching your top rope as you go in case you fall but there's somebody belaying you the whole time though yes yes but that's what they call aid climbing or sorry free climbing so free soloing which is alex honnell that's just great that's not very many people do that compared to all the yes and so that's just climbing up no ropes yeah you're just climbing you fall you die basically basically aid climbing though is what this warren harding did was you attach things to the wall um like as you go like as you, you put go them into the you wall. put them in yeah. and then as you climb back though you take them off yeah and so i guess the ethos there is like you're not leaving anything on the wall you're kind of leaving it untouched mm-hmm. but not only that or you would or i think also you would put in like holds sometimes maybe too to help you climb if it's like a, a spot where there is no holes. There's like nothing yes and then not only that i don't know if they use like jumars do you know what a jumar is uh no so it's kind of like you're attached to a rope and you kind of like push your foot down and it kind of propels you up the wall. So you're not actually climbing the wall. You're using a rope and kind of your foot power to like get you up the rope. But you have to have something wall. attached up above you though to be able to do that. Yeah, you're on ropes. But it's, so you're not you're not really climbing. You're just kind of using that rope yeah. to get you up to the top. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think, I don't know if that was used within the aid climbing thing as well. I'm not really yeah. sure. And then you have sport climbing, which is not is different from big wall climbing. Big wall obviously is like Yosemite on like El Cap, and it's just like the walls are 3,000 feet tall. But sport climbing isn't like that. It's just a climb you could kind of do in an afternoon or something like that. Yeah, hours. or it's like a, sp- a specific route. So I think... W- one thing, like if you ever seen... So, so sorry. So, sport <laughs> climbing would be like a single pitch. And then a pitch is like a rope length. So, like a hundred or something feet yeah. of rope length. Yeah. Um, so, I, I think for pe- anybody that's watched any kind of climbing um, just online. Yeah. And what they have in, in competitions. Uh, I think that because they're, they're just doing... It's just... I think that's just the top rope or that's the sports climbing. Because you have one person belaying and then they just they go up and then they clip the rope. Yes. All along the route till they get to the top. 
Yeah. So that's the sport climbing. That's the sport climbing. And that's yeah. different from free climbing in that that's a smaller section, but yes. free climbing is just like you can free climb El Cap as an example because yeah. there's markers all the way up to the top, but you get to certain checkpoints where you have to like stop and regroup and get your blade up there and you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Cause yeah. it's more than one pitch. Yeah. You need multiple ropes. So sorry. And then there's s- traditional climbing. And so it was traditional climbing that w- it was traditional climbing versus sport climbing. That was the big issue back in the yeah. day because tra- trad, it's called trad climbing. They carry their own gear and they place it into the rocks and then they take it out. Well, that's, yeah, as that, they go. well, that's, that's completely different. Yeah. yeah. Cause and you s- see those people when they're climbing, they have all those things yeah. on their, on their, yeah, yeah. on their um, harness. Yeah. Cause they're throwing them into yeah. the wall. Yeah. And so it was just like about you put your own, you put your own clips. Yeah. And it was more about like minimal damage to the rock. And so what would happen is trad climbers would go to a, a route that people were sport climbing and they would like take off the, um, any like anything that was on like mm. left behind by the sports climbers that were having like the safety kind of gear there. So, Interesting. so there was like a big, like yeah. issues. Cause some between. of those things you want to keep them on there for other people that want to sport climb. Yeah, exactly. But so why are you taking them off? Well, yeah. Just because some they them didn't agree with it. So yeah. yeah. So, um, and then in 1970, this Warren Harding who did the first ascent of the nose, um, him and his partner sent out to climb the Donwall route, which everyone thought was an impossible thing to climb. So it was impossible until someone does it. Um, regardless of the tactics. So it took them 27 days through storms. Um, and it was all aid climbing at this point to climb yeah. the Donwall. The reason why everyone thinks the Donwall is so impossible to climb is because the, the light, this, they call it the Donwall because it's like the first l- like wall to get heat. Like to get the sun, from the sun yeah. yes, in the mornings. And then, so you have issues with heat of the rock. And then if it is, if there is, um, snow or ice Just or something, moisture. it's going to fall or the ice will fall, um, which is obviously really dangerous. But obviously wet rocks are super slippery. Yep. And not only that there, it's almost featureless. Like people, there's nothing to hold on to yeah. at points. And so people thought it would be impossible, but they were able to do it in 27 days, but it was aid climbing, not free climbing. Right. So. Yeah. So as he's growing up, he, his dad's taking him to do like all of these crazy climbs mm-hmm. and like youngest, he's basically like the youngest kid to do a bunch of these crazy yeah. climbs. He goes through it really well in the book. Um, and he says his dad taught him, it's not what happens to you, but how you deal with it and about taking pre- preparations and precautions and controlling as many elements of the climb as you could. So his dad was, it's that mitigating risk, yeah. like take risk, yeah. but take like educational type risks so and then his dad was also not only was he a teacher but he would like um like a school teacher yeah but he would also do like a guided climbs kind of around the world so he Mm -hmm. took when tommy was 14 he took him to bolivia and that was a really instrumental kind of part of his life because he saw the people there that were fairly poor like the, the porters that they hired and stuff like that and um and how they were completely you know, happy without anything like material wealth. Yeah. And he said, the thought of conforming, of settling for less than the adventurous life I craved scared me more than any mountain. I started thinking that climbing would be my path to what I considered a greater truth. The simplicity, solitude, and natural beauty were the real gems of life. Mm-hmm. And so part of this is because he had a really tough time in school. Yeah. He was always having 
trouble and issues. And what he learned later was he was really good, like in shop class. Yeah. And so he learned later, like, cause he was like a kinetic learner. Like if you can use your hands and yep. figure it out, Just build then that's what he was good at. Yep. So, you know, living like the typical nine to five job or going to school or college just wasn't for him. Cause mm-hmm. that's just not the kind of person he was. And the other thing he said that I really identified with when we go rock climbing was he says i like the feeling of being on on the rock and solving the puzzle of what sequence of moves to make of to moves to make and so when we go rock climbing like that's part of it it's not just the physicality of it it's mm-hmm. like figuring out what's the best way to move yep. move your body and then also like the mental like the mental of like the height because the height for me is well, like, for you anyways yeah i have a really hard time with yeah, it well, especially when you're just bouldering it's yeah not you're not attached high. i know well, you're not attached to well yeah so yeah. um yeah that's so why i think i mean total segue here but that's why mm-hmm. you'll totally love jujitsu because it's just a big game of chess yeah about how to move your body you move your body and then to you know submit your opponent yeah and you have to be thinking two three four ten moves ahead or whatever yeah so, so. that's crazy yeah um yeah so i just i love that he said that because i'm just like yeah it's like a it's just like a big puzzle so yeah yeah Yeah. um so then he also goes with his dad to france and sports climbing at this time when they go to france is really becoming like a big deal and so he's like learning more and more and more this is the 90s now i'd imagine yeah 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 this is like 94 and so what was really cool too is because even though there were all these like big fights about, you know, traditional climbing versus sports climbing and all this stuff, his dad just had this like amazing mentality and he was just like, you do you, right? Like maybe that's not the type of climbing you enjoy or you're good at, yeah. but th- you, there's always something you can learn from somebody else. And, mm-hmm. and it's all about learning and being open to yeah. learn something from everyone. So he, and he's always kind of carried that with him. So I thought that was really awesome as well. His dad just sounds like a really cool guy. Yeah. Sounds like the same thing that people talk about Mount Everest and what constitutes a real climber and whatever. And at some point, in a lot of things like, who cares? Yeah, just enjoy what you're doing yeah. and uh, stop worrying about what you're calling this or what you're calling that. As long as you're being true to yourself and you're doing what you enjoy. And yeah. Who, who cares, and don't really? shit on other people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so then in 1995, like the, every summer, him and his dad, they're just going like road tripping. If they're not off like a guiding, they're road tripping just around the country to different climbs that they hear about. Because of course, there's like all these like climbing magazines at this time talking mm-hmm. about the, the different climbs people are doing, yeah. um, first ascents or all of that different type of thing. So they're always traveling around. So they go to Salt Lake City. And there's a major sport climbing competition. This is in 1995. He's 16. And so they go there. And so he enters. It's just like the amateur competition. Mm -hmm. And he wins it. And he doesn't like expect anything to happen. So he wins the amateur competition. And so because... Is this like climbing an indoor wall? No, no. It's outdoor. Okay. And so even... So because he won the amateur, they had a spot for that amateur who won in the professional comp. Not to go pro or whatever? Or just, yeah, just to or go. just to compete in the just pro division. Just to compete division. in the pro okay. division. Yeah. So the next day, he goes in the pro division and... You win. Okay, close he wins it. He wins the whole thing. He yeah. wins the whole thing. And he goes up against... He couldn't even believe it because he's 16. He's going up against these like adult men that are... Yeah. He'd been climbing and he's like, I couldn't believe because they're like on the cover of the climbing magazines that right. I read. And he, yeah, he freaking won it. Yeah. So, and then yeah. it's like... That's at the that thing, those small kids or whatever, no fear and just going up that you know, weigh 80 pounds and just yeah, stiff breeze will blow him to the top. <laughs> <laughs> you know, exactly. <clears throat> Mixed in with good technique, of course. Yeah. And so one thing we probably should talk about too is um, how 
because you talked about what you were climbing, the level you were climbing at. So maybe we should explain because we're going to get into it a little bit of okay. how those of how that classification system works. Well, I mean, we don't have to get too complicated. I don't think into it. Just the higher the number you go, the more complicated it is. But yeah, so you like five. What did they start at five zero even? Five point zero. Oh, I don't think so. Well, like if that that would be like five, sta- that would be like stairs. Five, five. Like five, 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 six might be the kind of starting point. Yeah. So anything below five nine is considered easy to moderate. After five ten, then it gets <coughs> subdivided into letters after it. No, uh, well. I think it's after five twelve. Uh, he said in his book after five ten. Okay. So I guess it's uh, oh, okay. And then it gets subdivided into letters A to D. And so there's mm. only been five fourteen D is the highest classification. When he was writing this. Okay, I guess, yeah, that's his old now. Yes, yeah. that he's that he was talking about. So that'll be important later. So as he was getting older and his dad were, him and his dad were traveling around, he's, his body obviously with hormones and getting older started to change and he wasn't able to do some of these sport climbs anymore. Mm-hmm. In the comps, he wasn't like getting first anymore and so yeah. he was getting really frustrated. Not only that, so they also... like, I should be getting better, not worse. Yeah, and so <coughs> also what didn't help but one of the summers when they went out they brought along another up-and-coming climber his name's chris sharma oh yeah i know chris pretty pretty big yeah um and he was like chris sharma was just like killing it like just sending all of these climbs and so he was like getting more and more frustrated he's like okay i think i've plateaued with this sport climbing thing i don't think this is where i fit in anymore like i can't Mm -hmm. i just can't do these climbs and so he told it he said to his dad can you take me to El Cap and can you teach me how to big wall climb? Because mm-hmm. that's what he kind of felt was going to be the best thing for yeah. him. That's so funny. Chris Sharma, he was the person that I first started looking into when I was, you know, learning to climb and like, I got to go on, go online and see how, how the pros are doing it. And he's, he's there. Yeah. 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 He's pretty awesome. He hangs a lot around with, um, Jason Momoa too. They oh, do, they a, big, do a bunch well, of climbing he, he loves, together. He loves climbing. climbing. Yeah. Yeah, on his Instagram, he was always taking pictures of the two of them together. So yeah, yeah. So they do they go they go to El Cap and they free climb. It's called the Salente Wall, and um, it takes them five days to do it. Normally, it takes three, and by the end of it, he's just like, I'm so freaking done with this too. And I guess the other oh, thing, I didn't like it. Well, he's just so exhausted afterwards mm. because not only you're spending your nights on the wall, like you're, you're, sleeping, on the you're wall. sleeping on the wall in these like little, they're called portal edges. Yeah. And then not only that, you're hauling because you have to have all your food and everything like that. So you're your hauling water. Up. Yeah. And so you're hauling up your gear. And so their gear weighed like 150 pounds. So you're hauling that up to the, like, yeah. the next spot every single time. So he was kind of done. Um but then afterwards, of course, and he was kind of like, oh, yeah, I want to do it again. <laughs> yeah, of course. So when you're in it, it's miserable. But <laughs> yeah. So then at this point, he's 19 and to college, he's like not interested. He's just like he feels like he probably I, th- I think he felt like maybe he should go. But because th- that's just, well, you know, what you do next. Um, but it's just like I like. Yeah, it's nothing. It's nothing there for me. Like it, school was hard enough kind yep. of thing. So. His parents actually are really cool and they can see that climbing is his passion. School is probably, he's not, it's not for him. And so they encourage him to like, yeah, go out on your own, kind of lead that dirtbag life. That's what they call it, right. the dirtbag life. Um, 
so many climbers just have their van, you know. He, well, this is, and that's exactly what yep. he does. He takes like the back seat out of his car, puts a like mattress in there, yep. and drives around. And his parents say to him, like, school's always going to be there, but like exactly. this is a time in your life where you need to go out and, and travel all over the place and figure it out. Yep. Um, and they say, like, we're not going to give you any money, but when you come home, like, you can do your laundry, you can shower, and you can raid the pantry. Like, that's yeah. just fine. So, um, yeah, so he just... And then you can just, I mean, you're living so cheap, so you can just get odd jobs here and there as well, too, to yeah. keep yourself going. Yeah, so... Um, so he talks about a lot about like all of the different kind of climbs that he does. And this one's kind of interesting. I like, cause there's so many climbs you could go on that he talks about, but I just wanted to say this one cause I thought it was really interesting. So they go to, um, it's a climb called just do it in South rock state park in Oregon. And so again, there's like etiquette to climbing. And so if you're working on a p- specific route, everyone kind of, doesn't climb that route until you have sent it and gone to the top. That's yeah. just kind of the etiquette, right? So, um, well, that's like for anything, you don't want to cr- crawl, crawl. You don't want to climb underneath somebody or anything like that, right? Or, or you just want to give them, them. Well, no, no, no. It's not even about that. It's just like you don't, you want to let them get that route. If they've been working on this route, you want to let them be the first person to get to the top. You don't want to try that route before they've finished it, mm. right? Do you mean they try it and they go down to the bottom and then they they take a break to re, retry it? Is yeah, 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 mm. yeah. Okay. Or if you're working on something like over the course of like months or something, if it's a really tough climb and you're trying to figure it out and put the route up, you 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 let that person do it. You don't come in and steal their thunder and mm. then take that route away from what them. What if they're not basically. even, what if they're not there? It's just, uh, I don't know. I, How are you going to even know? You're, you're getting a little too granular oh, okay. with this. All right, so, all right, all right. So anyways, so the the climb that they, this um, just do a climb, had the high, at that time, had the highest grade in America, which was 514C. Yeah. And so this guy was trying to put it up, but before he could climb it, this French climber comes in and steals it basically yeah. from him. But what he does is instead of using natural holds, he goes in with a freaking chisel. And he chisels out the rock, yeah, faces it, and yeah. it's like, that's not doing it. So anyways. So he, he just makes steps on the, the damn wall and then goes yeah, up. Yeah. That's, yeah. Kinda, that's real stupid. So, um, but anyway, so both him and Chris go to this Just Do It climb and they become the first Americans to do it. So, and it obviously hmm. gives them like huge street cred to, you know, go on because they climb like the hardest, one of the mm-hmm. hardest climbs. So, yeah. so while he's... Um, and then he does, he goes back to uh, Yosemite and he does manage to free climb the Salente wall in three days. Um, and really. Free climb, under, not free solo. Yeah, free climb. And so it's at this point, like he really kind of falls in love with Yosemite and El Cap and like really understands like this is the direction that he wants his life to go in is climbing mm-hmm. these these big wall climbs. And so, and they, he also goes to Europe at some point as well to climb there while he's kind of this dirtbag lifestyle. And so he meets this girl, her name's Beth, and she's a couple years younger than him. And um, so their their paths kind of cross off and on. And mm-hmm. she's an incredible climber as well. She's yeah. made a bunch of like first female ascents and youngest ascents of different uh, routes as well. Um, and then they become a couple. And so she was being sponsored by North Face at the time. Okay. And so they were going to pay for an expedition to go to Kyrgyzstan, which was apparently this like amazingly beautiful place with these big 
big wall climbing. Right. And so they didn't want to be a park. So I think they had kind of just established. They had only been together for a few months. Yeah. And they didn't want to go Sorry, apart. but before this, yeah. th- has he been sponsored at all in any of his crimes I or anything? Like, is he getting any money for this? I don't think so. I think he mentions, like... There was one climber, one of the climbers he went up against when he won the the that first professional comp. Um, mm-hmm. I think he had his own like clothing line, and so he kind of gave him some clothes or something like that. But yeah. nothing, nothing. You would big. think after winning whatever competition that he gets something. Yeah, I don't but think it was anything too big. Yeah. Or or maybe a couple small ones here there, but nothing like the North Face or anything like that. Right. So um so she gets him a job as kind of being the um the rope rigger for the photographer that's going with them. So there's four of them. So there's the one lead climber um, who's done a bunch of crazy ascents. And this guy, so his name's Jason Smith. He did the first solo ascent of this huge, crazy wall on Baffin Island called Mount Thor. This thing Hmm. is unreal. If you look at a picture of it, you're just like, I can't, like, I can't believe anyone would even think about climbing this. By themselves. Yeah. Like, unfreaking real. So that's the kind of lead guy. And then her, so they're both basically the climbers that are going to be taking pictures of. Then they have the photographer and then they have Tommy doing the, the ropes for the photographers. Right. So... The photographers themselves know how to climb at least a little bit. The photographer, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Of was course. it that same that guy that Mm-mm. whatever? What's no, his no. name? What's uh, do you remember his name? No. Brandon is it Brandon something? No, I can't remember. Yeah, this guy, his name is John Dickey. Mm. That's all I know about him. So they they get their plane gets in late into the capital in Kazakhstan, and so they don't have time to check in with the U.S. embassy. And this is August two thousand. They don't. Oh, they don't. Okay. They don't have time to check in, and so then they go from the capital. And I don't know how long it takes them to get to these walls, but it's kind of like a more. So remote they don't area. check in at all. They don't wait till the morning to no. go to the, to the embassy. Nope. Oh, that's not a good no. idea. So they had to wait, I guess, for a couple of weeks because the weather was really rough. So they're kind of sitting there. Also, the two, the other two guys, they are waiting for like a bag of some of their gear didn't get delivered. So they're going around the valley where they're staying and they're going to like the different army outposts and they're going to different villages to try and get like a phone to call to see if they can get their bag delivered to them and just trying to figure out the logistics of getting this stupid bag. So people know that there's Americans in this valley. So they're 2000 embassy, except for the embassy. Yeah, exactly. So they're up. 2,000 feet up on this wall and called the yellow wall. They started climbing without all their gear? No, I think they got it by this point. Okay. And all of a sudden they wake up one morning to gunshots being fired at them on the wall. And they're like, what? Obviously, what the fuck? Yeah. So they get down and yeah, what had happened was there was militants from the Islamic movement of Uzbekistan. They had crossed the one of the borders into Kyrgyzstan where they were and they were they declared jihad against the Uzbekistan and Kyrgyzstan governments and so it's just chaos right so you have the Islamic militants and then you have the Kyrgyzstan army Mm -hmm. trying to quell this rebellion and it was right by where they were climbing yes and so what happens is they're being shot at by these Taliban terrorists yeah. basically. And so what happens is, is they get, they force them down off the wall. 
they forced them to their camp, which these assholes had just gone to their oh, camp. So they, it was like warning shots, like, hey, get down. Yeah, yeah, get down. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they go to their camp. They didn't even, they're so stupid. They just like tear their tents apart. They don't even just like open their tents because they were looking for food because they didn't have any food. So they were just assholes and just like ripped the tents apart. So then at the same time, then they get them to, they say like, you just get, grab a bag of like food and warm clothes. And then we're leaving because the Kyrgyzstan army comes in with helicopters and there's just firefights and they're shooting. So they have the four climbers and they take them and it ends up just being the four climbers. And then these two terrorists running around. So they take them hostage. Yes. They take them hostage. And so they're walking them. There's a Kyrgyzstan soldier that was actually with them at the very beginning, and then they killed a soldier right in front of them, which is obviously really rough to see. All right, so hang on a second. Let me see if I can just get this this straight here. Excuse me. They're climbing the wall Mm -hmm. before them, and they get shot at by how many people? I don't know. How There's 2,000 feet up the wall? Sorry, I think halfway up this 2,000-foot wall. So that's still a good Mm -hmm. 300 meters for them to even see them. Well, obviously you'd be able to see them, but like... So they shoot and they wait, what, like hours for them to descend? I guess so. <coughs> well, not hours. I mean, it's pretty fast to descend, right? You're just repelling Well, I don't down. know what kind of, if they're just... You're just they're repelling down. It's pretty fast. Oh, they're not bringing the, uh, you know, they just the, leave the marks every- up? They just no, no, they just leave everything. Yeah. All right. So You're being shot at. You're just leaving everything. No, no, but even then, because, you, you know, if they take the ropes, they got to set up the ropes at every checkpoint right of every pitch yeah. like you were saying anyways yep. whatever so they, they get down and you sorry you don't know how many soldiers there were at the beginning i don't know okay so they get down they're soldiers and obviously they don't speak the language so mm-hmm. there's no there's just whatever so yeah. you said they were with a soldier at the same they time were with a Kurzik, they had captured an uh, like a kurzakstan soldier oh, okay so yes. he wasn't with the climbing so for them they come down yep. there was also a soldier they slash all their tents at the base because they had set stuff stuff yep. at their base camp or base whatever camp, yeah and then they tried to get their food. Got their food. They got their food, and then yeah. they just took them hostage. Yeah. Well, I they had they just started running because they were just forcing them to run because the Kyrgyzstan army was coming in with oh, helicopters. Right at the same time. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they had to run, and they were like forcing them to run away with them into the bush yes. or whatever. Yes. Okay. So they run. Yeah. And as they're running, people die, and then eventually because they, the army shooting because at the them. army shooting at them, and then eventually they didn't really see it. It sounds like it was like very chaotic. Well, but it's what? Like Active yes. firefight. And what en- uh, ended up happening was they were left with these two captors and the Kyrgyzstan soldier, and then they just killed this Kyrgyzstan soldier because he was of no more use to them. Yeah, but so they didn't kill those four. No. And what happened to those two? So what happened was over the course of six days, they were leading them away. They didn't know where they were oh, taking them. So they were them. captured for six days. Yes. Okay, so then after those helicopters, they, le- got, they got away. They got away. Okay, well then f- continue, carry on. Yeah, then. and so what happened was, is over the course of six days, they didn't realize it until kind of the end, but they realized they were, these militants were leading them in this big circle back to their camp. And because I don't know if they didn't know where they were going or what they were doing because it was just the two of them. And so the whole time while they're being led around, they're trying to figure out, well, what do we do? Like, we need to escape. They're going to kill us. Like, yeah. we have to figure Four out what to do. Four against two here. So what happened is, is Beth really didn't want to talk about killing these two militants at all. But the two, and so then Tommy kind of sided with her. Um, and then the other two guys were just like, yeah, we have to come up with a plan. And that's like all they talked about was coming up with a plan to either get away or to kill these guys. Yeah. And so eventually. some point where someone's going to sleep and all that yeah. stuff. And so eventually, and so the whole time on this like six day 
walk or whatever they're having i mean it's a hilly mountainous area so these militants are having to go up these like walls and stuff like that and so they clearly don't know how to climb and so the climbers are helping them so there's some form of like trust almost that's formed between that the terrorists are just like oh like trust them to like lead lead them the right way up and around so there's that kind of like weird trust that is Mm. formed that they don't think that the militants don't think that these guys are going to turn on them right all right which is important yeah so then they get to a point where they're back at their camp they're close to their camp and the one terrorist was going to go to their camp and collect more food whatever they didn't get. And then the other militant was going to take them up this mountain area, this kind of climb area and meet, then they meet at the top with the other terrorist at the top. Okay. So obviously this is their chance. And so they're climbing up and the one terror, and they're just like, we got to push them. We just got to push them off this wall. That's what's going to have to happen. Someone's going to have to push them. So the two other climbers aren't close enough. The closest person is Tommy and so he pushes them. Jeez. Yeah. And then they get to the top. They end up running to the, um, I don't know how Did they take his gun. They tried to, but they couldn't. They just pushed him. And so they, uh, they knew that this guy was eventually going to come and meet them. The other terrorists. Was be like, come where is he? Yeah. yeah. So they just took off running, um, to one of like the army, the Kyrgyzstan army bases where they knew where it was from having to go around all the valley to try and find their bags. Hmm. So they knew where this base was. So right. they managed to run there and then all get four of them together. Yeah. But weren't, wasn't the other one that was climbing this other route, was yeah. he by himself then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was stupid on the terrorist part. So well, the whole thing sounds stupid. Like, yeah. like they had a gunfight and a firefight and yeah. helicopters and they did not just search the area I don't to try to find them? Yeah. Like, I don't know. He didn't talk about it. So yeah, that seems a little bit strange because it's like, how far can you get? Not very far at all. Especially if you're going through rocky terrain where you have to climb things. It's like, it's yeah, it's weird. It seems so very weird. It's a crazy whirlwind whirlwind when they get back and just they think like Tommy's having a really hard time because he's just like, he, what kind of person does that make me that I'm able to push this guy? Yeah. And he goes on and on, like he goes on and on about it, but it's just like the kind of person you are is you're a kind of person that can survive and do what you need to do to survive. These guys are not going to hesitate. You've already seen them kill at least yeah. one person. They're not going to hesitate to fucking kill you. Yeah. It's, it's it's one thing to be in the movies where it's like, well, you know, you just do what you do and you shrug it off. But it's like you still killed somebody. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's also obviously it's in a situation where it's like it's it's you or me kind of thing. So yeah. you got to, you know. Yeah. I think some people, though, would just turn the other cheek that they just physically can't do it. Uh, if know. it's my survival, I would I would totally do it. Well, no, I. I yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm not saying you, but I see yeah. it's like people that are like, um study Jainism or whatever. Isn't that the one that's like, yeah. s- you can't yeah, even yeah. harm like a, like an a ant bug, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So I, I, or some people that just physically wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. Um, I think those are people out there. So, um, yeah, we could do it, but I mean, I'd still be, I don't know. It would it's, it's, st- it'd be still something that would weigh heavy on you, but the way he was talking about it in the book, I just really wish someone would have helped him reframe it. Because it's mm-hmm. just like, because he was having thoughts like, am I, am I an evil person? Am I not? And it's just like, no, you're not evil. Yeah, I would never think that. But I, it's just like all that. of those thoughts. And like he, it was, he was having a really hard time reconciling that he could be the type of person to kill yeah, someone. It's like, I to, it's, it's, you did not go out and actively say, I'm going to go yeah. take somebody hostage or whatever and like kill them in cold blood. 
Yeah. You know, even in war, there's supposed to be things where if you're not fighting, you capture someone, you yeah. know, and then that's, there's supposed to be rules. You don't just of shoot course. someone because, you know. When they're surrendering. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or you have the hostage, you just shoot the hostage. That's not supposedly how war is supposed to be fought, right? So, but <clears throat> yeah, if you're in that situation, you're not putting yourself in that situation. You're saving your own life and saving the life of your friends and yes. your other yeah your <clears throat> your your rock climbing buddies so yeah yeah i think you shouldn't feel bad about that at all it's not <coughs> oh excuse me it's not murder per se well i guess it is still murder but it's not like malicious i'm a murderer because i just like, I like killing people yeah it's exactly. self-defense. It's self-defense yeah like you wouldn't you'd be held up completely in a court of law you know you wouldn't go to jail yeah you know in some places you'd be a hero Right, because you just saved everyone's life. Well, he is a hero. He did save their lives by doing that. Because who know you just don't know what would have happened. So, and I don't know. Maybe it's different. Like he was so young. He was only like twenty two when this happened. So he was really, really young. And I don't know. Like, I can see obviously having that perspective when you're that young. But being older now and having kids too, because it's just like 100%, I'm going to kill if I have to, to for the survival of my children. Like 100%. (laughs) You need to calm down. (laughs) I was like, listen, don't get in my way. You cut me off in traffic. It's it's on. You know, (laughs) I go mama bear, right? I go mama bear over small things. So something like that. Yeah, I'm sorry. If it's between my kids and you, you're going to die. Like, that's just what's going to happen. All right. Let's all know not to mess around. Jeez. So, so I think maybe having like being old, us being older and having that perspective, it's different than when you're young. Right. I think is probably part of it too. Like, I wonder, I wonder how he feels about it now being, cause he's a father. I wonder yeah. how, what his perspective would be. Or on, like if he was there climbing now. and his kid was there. With yeah. Him. Well, what his perspective would be, it'd be interesting to know. Mm-hmm. So they get back. And so Beth is also having like a really, really rough time. Like she, barely leaves the house mm. and oh yeah. they well i mean you spent six days in 100 percent at gunpoint you know so they um stay at her parents house in california and um his parents come to visit obviously because they want to see their son after him being like captive for six days and so but she starts to get pissed like beth starts to get pissed because her his dad is pretty like boisterous and always trying to look on the good side of things and i guess that just wasn't her jam and she mm-hmm. then asked tommy to ask them to leave which his parents sorry yeah. she asked tommy to ask his parents to leave, to leave. this house what uh, what house is it in? it's just in so. her parents house mm. so that's kind of i don't know that's rough yeah so like well, i'll just be like well i'm leaving with my family then yeah, but he didn't. So oh, yeah. I know, I know. So can I can I skip ahead? Are they still together? What do you think? Uh, I think no. No. <laughs> like I would have left then. It's like, well, that's okay. We're not. Uh, no. I mean, you go so through that traumatic event. And you pro- kind of want to stay together, but mm-hmm. especially when it's at the very like very beginning of your relationship, right? So yeah. Well, you kind of tell what that person. You know. What they value, I guess, in, 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 a, in a way. I mean, I don't know. That's, that's, it's, I can't say. I can't say because I've never been in a situation where I've been held hostage yeah. at gunpoint for six days and we had to kill someone to survive. And then we get there and then someone's, my newly formed partner's parents are just overwhelming for me. <laughs> yeah. But to ask them to leave is a little bit much. But yeah, maybe you can kind of see why if she just can't cope with yeah that stuff. If it's just... What if it's a sensory thing? I, I don't yeah, know. I, don't I know. have no idea, right? Everyone's know. got their own thing. But what happens is, so eventually, when 
there's a couple of things we got to go through first but they do eventually get married but then what happens is is they become especially her she be she becomes so they become so codependent like they can't even live do their own thing and like he wants to go climb and she's like crying talking to him on the phone like i want you to come back i want you to come back and it's like she can't even be on her own ever but is that just because of the trauma yeah so but it's like they don't really get counseling like they go they try to go to a therapist once but even like therapists like this is such a almost like a one-off situation a regular therapist is not really going to know what to do like he was comparing what they went through to like a rape survivor which is a different thing. Mm. Like it's still a trauma, but it's a different type of trauma. Yeah. So they couldn't even get that. So, so but it his seems like he had like a like an army, you know, kind yeah. of uh, somebody that knows how to deal with someone who's been like in combat captured. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, but he he felt in like the, an itch to go back to Yosemite. He was just like, I just feel that pull, and like that was his therapy was getting back on the wall and mm. climbing and being physical and being out in nature. But she was just so hesitant about getting back out there and so he would go but she would be like sad or whatever the whole time right. he was gone so it was really rough and like how long after the incident did they get married do you know what i don't it sounds like no they, they got married like right away no <laughs> they no they didn't i think it was i think it was like th- yeah it was three years after so they were captured in 2000 and they got married in 2003 and so that whole time, she's just not doing anything anymore? Yeah, like so she's starting to get back out on the wall. Eventually, she does come back out to Yosemite, and they free they free climb. They, they do first free climbs of a bunch of, mm-hmm. or a couple different um, routes on Yosemite. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so, especially this one, it's called the mirror wall. They free it together, and he feels like this euphoria, like he's done this and it's amazing. And but that feeling just didn't last for her. She would just yeah. always would go back, always go back into this like depression. Yeah, it sounds like she's stuck in that in a place. Yeah. So, but like he's like really kind of fine, like starting to really like hit his stride and like, yes, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing with my life is doing these amazing climbs and everything. And so she eventually returns to it because obviously like she's sponsored by the North Face. So she knows she has to get back out for Mm -hmm. her sponsorship, but, um, she just goes nuts. Like she, and she doesn't really tell anyone she's going back because she doesn't want the pressure and the scrutiny of trying to get back on the wall. And then she just goes nuts with her training, like obsessive about her training. So she just pours everything into there. So this is while they're married or before they're married? Just like kind of, I think before they're, they're married. So, um, but what well, he, he must have known, obviously. Well, yeah, of course. And so, but what he was saying was, he said, as in many sports, climbing is about pain tolerance. Our ability to endure had been completely recalibrated. So having to had go through a situation like that, like obviously your pain tolerance, your baseline is going to be different now, mm-hmm. having gone through that and knowing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And he says, like, I didn't fully understand the extent to which she needed my presence for emotional strength. Our ability to live independent lives faded away. So, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just, he, so he just does, you know, like he continues to go like hard and just like doing all these incredible climbs. And so he starts doing like harder and harder things. And so one of the things he does was speed climbing. And so he was right. like, how fast can I get up the nose? And so, yeah, he did it in like four and a half hours mm-hmm. where usually people take like days, a days to do it. Yeah. So he's doing that. And then he does, um, what else does he do? He's like, Oh, I want to see if I can do, um, 
if I can do like two climbs in a, in 24 hours. And so he does like, he does that like mm-hmm. two of these big climbs. And then <laughs> because he hasn't been through enough, they're building, they have this house in Estes park where his parents live in Colorado. Okay. They have, it's like a really small little tiny house. And so he's building, it's kind of like an elevated platform for their washer dryer. And so he's pushing wood through the table saw. Oh yeah. And he cuts his finger off. Which one? So this one. The, the index? His left and it's... Half of it? Yeah. Oh, that's like one of your prime... It's not a thumb, but yeah. it's... I mean, all fingers are important. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they try and reattach it oh. and it just doesn't oh. take. And so um, they just send him home and they're just like, yeah, your career is over basically. And he's like... No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's just, of course not. So he yeah. goes hard with physio, like whatever he can do. So he like exposes it to hot and cold and puts it in like different types of textures and just like really beats it up until like the nerves are just kind of shot so grab things with it yeah, yeah exactly his dad makes him this like cool little like um i don't know what it is it's like a weight kind of machine to right. yeah a finger strengthening machine to, yeah. to work it all the time his mm-hmm. dad just sounds like the cutest guy ever he's just always helping him with stuff yeah. um so yeah so then he yeah he goes back that's always my biggest. I, I love the idea of woodworking, and I'd love to have a shop. But like having that one accident and having a something cut off, yeah. <laughs> like your fingers, is uh, they're so precious. I know. Um, that's why they have this thing called a saw. Uh, it's really really cool. It's it's a table saw, mm-hmm. but it senses like what I don't know how. It just senses like organic matter or whatever. So like oh. as soon as it senses a what? finger, it immediately shoots up this stop thing because you know how it has blades right yeah, it goes yeah, into yeah. the blade yeah and then immediately stops it and then it retracts down as well and what? you see this thing how fast it goes and you'd have a guy like going like this and you go onto the saw oh. and then you see it makes huge noise That's and goes nuts. goes in and it stops but i mean if you're like because the thing is if you're cutting to through a saw like it if whatever if it happens then it, it's all like it eats you it, it basically like forces your hand in right because it's like it pulls through it. the wind yeah, yeah so it pulls it in yeah so people have gone cut you can still get cut with your with it uh-huh. but like it'll save like your fingers right because it goes in so you see it yeah they do it like they'll have a hot dog they'll throw it in there and the hot dog will be fine and that's yeah so it's really cool that's and so i'm like cool. i want to get it yeah but it's like 10 grand or dollars. whatever yeah. for like the one where you get the cheap table saw at you know crappy tire for like or 250 or whatever yeah. so yeah you know it's but um the technology is there now, which is really cool to to help with that. So that's really cool. But yeah. So three weeks after he was released from the hospital, he enters a bouldering comp and he gets third. Three weeks. Yeah. 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 And so then he just go. So he has to learn, obviously, to climb differently with losing that piece yeah. of his finger. And so he goes and he just climbs all the old sport routes that he used to do just to get back into yeah, it. Yeah. Because he said he had to shift his weight more to his feet to use core strength to keep me close to the wall so I could use my legs and spare my arms to refine my technique. And that's actually really good because a lot of the good power, a lot of good technique comes from your, your legs. Your yep. legs are a lot stronger than your arms. So it, it, I don't even know if it made him a better climber. Maybe it made him well, better with his technique, I, I would imagine. You'll see. So. I'm pretty sure it does. Yeah. Um. So then three months after leaving the hospital, he climbs a 514B. Yeah. Like unreal. Yeah. And so then one of his other goals was there's this... um. I forget where it, where it was, but there was this route he had put up um, called Kryptonite, and right mm-hmm. beside this route was another route that he named Flex Luther, yeah. <laughs> that he was working on, and 
people had kind of thought it was like a 514D. So like that's like the highest, right? So Four at the stage. Now I think mm-hmm. the highest is there might be like a 516A oh. maybe. I can't remember. But there's definitely 515s for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he climbs up this five. Like he, like he, the thing with like having to classify a route is it's by consensus yeah. right so you have a bunch of different climbers that climb it and then decide well yeah that's a five whatever, whatever it is yeah and so he was looking at this route and being like yeah it's like a 514d most people he's been the only one to climb it so he does climb it he's been the only one to climb mm-hmm. it but most people think. think it should be a 515 right based uh, on the difficulty and this would be so. the first first of its kind almost a five fifteen. Like yeah, at the time, yeah. at the time, it would have been. Yeah, yeah. so because this was early. Like 2000s. anything, everything just keeps getting harder and harder, and techniques evolve, and climbers evolve, and they just get better and better. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so yeah, so they like I said, they get married in two thousand and three. He's she's still having a lot of issues, um. And then she even gets injured and she, it's a bad injury. It's the seismoid bone in your foot. And this one's like a really, it's a really small bone, but it takes like a really long time mm. to heal. So that kind of fucks with is her it as in well. The, in the actual joint, kind of like all the carpals or whatever. No, it it's in her foot. The no, I know, but I'm just, foot. I'm just, I know. Oh, I, just I don't know. I didn't, I, has all those little bones I didn't, too. I didn't look at, I didn't look yeah, it anyway, up. It so matter. yeah. Um, yeah. So that was obviously really rough. Um, Sorry, I'm just trying to see. Yeah, so the one, so the speed climbing. So he'd freeze the nose in 11 hours. He runs down and then he free climbs another one, free rider in 11 hours, which is like the stuff is just not done. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's doing like all the training, the ancillary training in the off season as well. Like he's doing endurance and weight, like weight uh, training and even like bouldering and sport climbing just to make him like a better, like all yeah. around climber. He's doing lots of indoor climbing then yeah. for bouldering. Yeah. yeah. Well, and of course like you see pictures of his house, he has like those boards yeah, yeah. on them. What are those called? Cause you go up like you just have slats. Them. Yeah. I totally can't remember what they're called. called. Yeah. Um, just throw a picture of them up or whatever, or whatever, like a training thing. Cause they have like, they'll have like the circle things as well too. So you can do the holds. Yeah. 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 So, um, but she's still like, there's like this growing kind of chasm within the relationship. It it, con- it continues to grow. They're, they're also known at this point as like the first couple of climbing because they're both mm-hmm. like superior climbers, obviously. And you can tell like how he talks about her and their relationship. Like he, he dreamt of having kids with her and of this like big kind of fairy tale relationship. Mm-hmm. But you just feel like it's not reciprocated on her end. And obviously this is his account. You don't know what her, what side, her side of it is. Yeah. I mean, the sounds of it is just like she like never left the. Yeah. I'm just at the camp. Right. But she just never left that that spot where they were uh, held captive for six days. I, yeah. And, you know. What is it, you know, Deep Space Nine? He's like, why do you live here? You know, you still live here in this yes. moment in the past, right? So yes. it seems like she still lives there. Yeah. So then in 2006... Which is not her fault. It just seems like she needed a way I f- somehow. I d- and I don't know what type of help they got. And right. I feel like if maybe she had gotten some help, she yeah. would have been able to move Maybe past he wasn't it. there to, to help her as well, too, because he didn't know how to deal with it or to help her deal with it anyways. I think so, yeah. You know, and he's dealing with his own trauma well, of the experience like and he, well, of killing someone. Seems like he dealt with it with, which, with his climbing. Which, by the way, I f- sorry, I forgot to mention that the guy actually didn't die. Oh, the guy? The, yeah, he didn't actually, didn't he didn't die. Well, how high was the fall? 
I don't know, it was high enough that all four of them were like, yeah, there's no way he's living. There's no mm. way he can live. Well, how did they know that he survived? Because they found him. Some journalists found him and interviewed him and said, yeah, that guy pushed me. They interviewed? Yeah. yeah. And what did he think? Does he think that, is, that was okay or... Well, I don't is think he like, s- well, I, I don't, I, I didn't see the full <laughs> interview, but like he, uh, how did he, he find him? Is he in jail? Yeah. Yep. He's in jail. Yeah. 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 So anyways, I just, I forgot to add that at the end. Yeah. Um, so he, in 2006. Oh, oh, but that would suck because that guy knows who that guy is. I know. Not like, I mean. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in 2006, they go to, he gets invited to go to Patagonia, which is South America. And where like these huge crazy mountains are, um, like the Andes. And so they climb this mountain called the Fitzroy. And for him, this is all new because it's like alpine climbing as well. So mm-hmm. there's, you have snow involved and it's like a yeah. different thing than going to totally Yosemite. Different. Yeah. So they climb this huge mountain called Fitzroy and you see this thing and it looks like the mountains there are so much different looking. They're like these like big jagged teeth looking things like the really yeah nuts well because they're still being formed i guess yeah like they're it's like they're pushing through they're the other ones are they're weathered they've yes, been there for a long exactly, time and you know exactly so it's like a different thing yeah. so yeah so yeah he climbs it and afterwards he says through the struggle and bone pulsing exhaustion i found a profound clarity had emerged as if i had tapped into a place inside too often forgotten where you are stripped bare and granted a glimpse into who you truly are a place where you could look at the impossible and make it real. I'd never been so alive. Hmm. So it's just like, yeah, like this is totally where he's supposed to be. Yeah. So, um, and how's, they, how's he funding all of this? I think he has, he doesn't talk very much about at all really about his sponsors, but I'm, he has sponsors by this point, like yeah. all of his climbing, like, yeah, he has sponsors. Okay. So in the summer of 2006, also they, I can't even believe this. They got super lucky and they are able to buy a quarter acre lot within Yosemite in this like small pocket of private land within the park. Oh, wow. They buy this lot for $42,000. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so they build. You wonder what it's worth now. I know. And so they build their own house. Like they start building their own house here. Him and and his wife. wife. But this is when things just really start to go downhill. Like For, for them. Yeah. It starts out building this house like this big amazing project, but then it starts taking like long, 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 and then it just starts to deteriorate. Are they uh, actually building it themselves, or do they have like builders and whatever to come? They in? started doing it themselves with yeah, like a little bit of help, it's but a then big it project. became to a point where his parents offered to pay for contractors to finish it for them. Right. So, um, especially yeah. if you never built a house before. Yeah, I mean. and so then they're um, they had friends that they had met in Yosemite, like climber friends. And uh, they were engaged. And then the guy was rethinking this engagement and wanted to break it off. And so Beth was talking to this guy around this time. She would go on for bike rides with him. She would go and take phone calls away from Tommy talking to this guy. And then eventually she asks Tommy to leave and to go live with his parents while she kind of figures her shit out. Meanwhile, he doesn't really know what's going on with this other guy. She's having an affair. And she says to him, um, and he's trying to do, I mean, he's trying to do everything to kind of keep this relationship because well, he Tommy has is. this like fairy tale idea. Right. She even tells him to like break off his relationship with his dad. And so he writes this letter to his dad saying, I don't know what, he doesn't really get into it, but it like devastates his dad because well, no they kidding. were so close. And so, um, I don't know. It sounds like she has more issues. That's the, she, yeah. well, that, that whole 
one i don't want your parents here yeah and then this that's something completely different yeah i really feel like she was almost jealous of his really close relationship to his dad almost because it's always like how you deal with picking on her dad i don't know so then she says um so she tells him to go and go live in colorado for with his parents or in their house and because they still have this house in estes park near his parents it's just a really this small is after he wrote this have to write this letter yeah she tells him yeah it's not really like can you just go stay there for a couple weeks so i can get my head in the game figure out what i want so weeks turn into months and then she blames his parents for everything basically and he but, but again he's like doing everything to try to make it work and then she uh, says point and like, then she yeah, says no. well i want to be married but i want to uh i want to date this other guy this this yeah. other climber guy and he's like so yeah so they end up divorcing in 2009 oh i'll guarantee that she had an affair oh yeah yeah i think so (laughs) so to kind of get himself through it he starts working on free climbing the dawn wall and figuring out how it can be done sorry free soloing free climbing free climbing the dawn wall by himself and so this is the wall that we were talking about at the beginning where no one thinks no one thought it could possibly be free climbed mm-hmm. because it's like this sheer face because of all of these different features of it yeah. but he's just determined and he just sits and he just starts working on it and figuring out the different pitches and how to work it and everything like that so oh, I, he lived, does, oh i guess he doesn't have the house anymore there yeah eventually she buys him out of the house he keeps the one in estes park in mm. colorado but yeah so she oh he keeps the, the awesome one in the no, oh no, 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 no estes no. is with his parents he's in colorado yeah, yeah right yeah. so then that's, he, that's too bad yeah so then he goes this is just like a small little part but it was really funny so i wanted to to talk about it but he goes back to colorado um and kind of gets back into the social scene in colorado his friends kind of get him out and try and get him to the bar and just to have some fun and then he yeah. goes to it goes back to patagonia with this guy his name is josh safety fifth wharton <laughs> instead of safe, safety first safety fifth i just thought it was so funny but it was because that's, oh that's like his nickname his nickname yeah. yeah so it was because he he climbed these huge routes with like no first aid no like bivy gear like none of this stuff right. it was just so funny um i just had to yeah until it. something bad happens <laughs> i know so then he meets um another girl um in colorado and her name's becca and she's like completely different from beth and he's just like um this is what a healthy relationship looks yeah like. and it's just like a breath of fresh air because she's just so happy and independent and just th- brings this like new life to his life and so then he also finds a new climbing partner to go to help him on the don wall route and so this guy's name is kevin jorgensen and he's th- was this like huge phenom within the bouldering community and mm-hmm. had never done any big wall climbing right um but i think kevin was kind of like almost starstruck and like really excited to work on this project with mm. um with chami so they s- would have seen them in magazines oh, or yeah of course yeah youtube at this point yeah so um yeah so he talks about like they had to commit all of these moves to memory like for each like each pitch and everything and just discussing like uh, like such nuanced detail of this wall and how mm-hmm. to climb it and just rehearsing the sequences and then even la sportiva the yeah they even yeah so for climbing shoes so they even let him d- um, design a new shoe specifically for this climb oh, wow. yeah so i thought that was like really really cool yeah 
Um, and he says, the wall exists like a canvas and it is your vision, ability, and creativity that turn it into a root. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool too, how he was thinking about putting this root up. Um, so yeah, so they make their first free attempt of this wall in 2012. Um, after working on it, obviously this is like six years now that they've been working on it, trying yeah. to figure it out. And they managed to get up about a third of the wall, um, in 10 days, but then the weather hits and they get like, yeah. weathered out. and so is it easy to climb down? Well, they just rappel down. So they don't, well, that's climb, what I mean. they don't down climb. They just rappel. Well, oh, yeah, just yeah, get yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. exactly. So, and they're trying to figure out like what the best season is to climb it. And so they figure like summer's too hot, spring's too wet. So they figure like the in best fall. time, not even, not even in fall, they figure the best time is in the winter mm-hmm. because it's with the, um, the friction, I guess, that the cold induces on the wall. Like apparently that's the best time to climb it. So, okay. So that's what they do. But the problem is, too, is that him and Kevin are... So Kevin is quite a few years younger than him. And so Kevin, they're just very different people. Like, he wasn't... He didn't really feel almost like he could, like, make, like, a connection with Kevin in a way. Like but they've been together for six years. I know, but it's just, like, he was very... Like, didn't talk a lot about himself or say much about, like, his life outside of climbing. So mm-hmm. Tommy felt like... I feel like that was maybe a little bit weird. Um... And so he was also, part of it was he was more interested in how to make climbing a, like a living and like a business for himself. And so he was using a lot of social media and on his phone all the time, which kind of like really irritated Tommy because he's just like, I feel like you, like you just need to focus and you're yeah. not like focusing with your phone in your face the whole time when you're taking rests. So um, anyway. Yeah. Well, that's a good point because I mean, that answers the questions that I always have. I was like, well, how are you funding all this kind of stuff? Right. Yeah. So and so a lot of climbers now, it's like anything. Oh, it's yeah. a business. It's a, and it's a big business. It's a big business. And that's all Kevin ever wanted to talk about. And Tommy's like, I get it. He's like, he's young. He's not established like me. So I get he's trying to make this. He's trying to hustle, get like his living made kind of yeah. thing. And he was being, spo- Kevin was being sponsored by Adidas, which is, yeah. it's pretty big. Well, that's even good because it's not even, they're not even climbing. They don't yeah. make climbing gear. Yeah. As far as I know anyways. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, and then I have to go back and tell you, so he talks about, um, meeting Alex Honnold in 2008. And so he just talks about like how paradigm shifting Alex's climbing climbs are. And so Alex's nickname was no big deal, Alex, because everything was just like, oh, no big deal to him. And he's always like trying to convince Tommy to free climb and, and like free solo. How, f- how good of friends are they? Are they, I mean, they know each other. Are they friends? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so, um, he's just, uh, they actually do the three biggest features in Yosemite together in a day. Mm. So they do Mount Watkins, they do El Cap and then they do Half Dome, which is this other, I don't know, in free solo, you see Half Dome, like yeah, it's yeah. huge. Yeah. And so they do that in a day. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like Alex, it's just like always like, no big deal. No big deal. No, Alex is go, go, go. He's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, and this is why he says like many people ask me why I didn't ask Alex to, to come with me on the Don wall. And he's just like, it wasn't his jam because he just wants to climb it and be done kind of thing. Yeah. Not like take the time. Like, yeah. Well, he took the time, when he he's took the time thing. but that's when he wants to free solo yeah, something. That's so like, this is just not his jam, right? Yeah. Like not what he's interested in. Um, and so he, him and Becca do end up getting married and then they have their first kid who they name Fitz after this Fitz, uh, Fitzroy tower that he climbed. <laughs> and so, um, Fitz is, but they, they eventually like take Fitz like all over Europe with them because he kind of leaves the Don wall 
for a while because yeah. it's just like there's other climbs I want to do. Like That's I need to kind of leave it. It's becoming it. too obsessed. Yeah. And maybe it's never going to happen. I just kind of need, you know, maybe keep it in the back of my mind, but I just, I need to move on kind of thing. So then in 2014, um, he goes with Alex to Patagonia to do the Fitz Traverse. And so what the Fitz Traverse is, is it's this traverse of seven different peaks in the one of the, I think the tallest one is the Fitzroy mountain that he had originally climbed. So it's to do this traverse. No one had done it before. And I'll show you a picture because this shit looks fucking crazy and it's unreal that they did this. Oh my God. That's yeah. the route that they yeah. went. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you're going up and down mountains. It's just, uh, and this is, this is cold too. Cause there's all yeah, snow, there's snow everywhere. So do yeah. they have like ice? How do you do that? Do they are they ice climbing? They, they don't know ice climbing. You said he did in uh, in South America a little bit, but well, this is in South America, oh, so right. he's not ice climbing. But you, it's more, there's it's still rock climbing, but there's like the added snow and ice issue right. with it okay. that he talks a little bit about. Um, but <laughs> yes, okay, give me that picture too, so that I can you can post, yeah. post it on the the video yeah. so people can see. So yeah, so it's a three mile long traverse, and it crosses seven major summits involving twelve thousand vertical feet of technical climbing. Mm-hmm. And so Becca was really worried because no big deal, Alex, right? He's kind of laissez-faire. And even when, um, when Tommy tells him like the equipment he needs to buy, he basically only buying, bought half of the stuff they needed. Cause he was just like, Oh, we'll figure it out. We'll just make do. <laughs> That's what and Alex like, said. Yeah. yeah no. And then not only that, he brings the completely wrong crampons. He brings crampons that were supposed to fit over like hiking boots and they're not taking hiking boots with them. No. So eventually two other hikers or two other um, climbers um, who were trying to do the Fitz Traverse as well, they end up bailing and so they give them their crampons that are going to fit over their shoes. Yeah, so he's really, really, yeah, so he's really lucky. So he does, um, and then even like Alex falls into a crevasse and he's just like, oh yeah, it's no big deal. Like, and so Tommy says this like really interesting thing about Alex's amygdala because so your amygdala is in your brain and it's where you process fear. It's where your fight or flight yeah, kind of comes like he in. He doesn't have one. <laughs> and he says, <laughs> it crossed my mind that Alex's amygdala might be malfunctioning. <laughs> but I also understood that one of the things that sets him apart is his ability to look at situations logically while others respond emotionally. Yeah. So. Well, that's the thing because we watched the his free solo movie yeah. and then like he's training with like, isn't this like his girlfriend who's like not even a climber at I all? Know. I know. And They're like, actually married and have a kid now. But right. Yeah. But the, it's just like. It's just like, what do you do? And then like, I know. she was blaming him and then like he fell and she didn't oh maybe do a job properly and he fell a lot and he broke his foot, right? Oh, I, yeah, I forget Yeah, and it it's was, just like, it well, yeah, what do you, like... And then she, and then he fell so again weird. because of her. Like yeah. he fell two times because of her. He had never fallen seriously ever until He's she a, was a climbing with him. To, to yeah. It's, it's, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's very strange. It's like, why you, why would you make those decisions? I guess if you're somebody that's like, yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. No big deal. Then I guess it's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah. But for me, I'd be like, yeah, I know. I need somebody who knows what they're doing, yeah. doing out here. Or yeah. at least have a little bit of training. Like, it wouldn't even take that long. Like, I know. But even a couple months mm-hmm. getting used to it in, like, a gym. Yeah. And then going out. And then going out. Yeah. Anyways. It was whatever. Just, no big I deal. just, I thought that was, yeah. it's no big deal. deal. I thought that was really interesting. Someone who free climbs 3,000 feet. Fuck. Um, yeah, it definitely is no big deal. You have to have that switch turned off because yeah. I think they for did that do one switch, one slip, 
Oh, I know. And you're dead. Like, you have to have, you have to not think about that because. Well, uh, didn't they do, in Free Solo, didn't they talk, didn't they do, like, a MRI or CT of his brain to look at his amygdala? Uh, I don't know. I, I, don't can't, know. I can't remember. I can't remember It's been either. a while since you've seen it. Yeah, it has been. Um, but it's interesting. The There's another, there was another climber. You haven't seen the documentary, but I can't suggest it enough. It's called The Alpinist, and it's. It's Alex Honnold, but even Alex Honnold calls this guy fucking crazy mm. because he free solos ice. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so Marc-Andre Leclerc, and he's Canadian. Right, from Quebec, right? No, uh, from Squamish. The BC, BC. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, Alex Honnold's like, yeah, that guy's insane. Well, maybe because <laughs> he doesn't know ice. Maybe that's why. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. I don't know. Um, but I still, ice seems it's like... Not only you're dependent on your skill, but it's like maybe something that could be dislodged from the ice. You know what I mean? If, the, if something happens on the ice, whereas a, on, on a rock, at least you get your hold and your hold's good, right? Yeah, you would it's hope. It's not going to break off. Well, yeah. <laughs> mountains don't ha- have a tendency to just break. Yeah. But um, ice. Mm-hmm. Oh, is, you can't. You know. It's much more of a variable. That's crazy. Yeah. So when they're climbing, Anyways. so when they're doing this Fitz Traverse, he says the six cents seem to warn us of each loose rock or hidden patch of black ice. And what I found really interesting about this is I don't know if it was like a six sense or if it's like pattern recognition that you get from experience. And I forget mm-hmm. the podcast that I was listening to that talked about this, but it was talking about how people that are very have been in a field for a really long time are able to recognize something before it happens. Mm-hmm. And so the the main example was like nurses or doctors where they knew someone was going to have a stroke yeah. before they had a stroke yeah. or like a heart attack or something before it happens. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like recognize like an unconscious or like recognizing s- some sort of feature or some sort of movement or something on, on someone and knowing yeah. that that's going to happen. But I feel like for them, it's a really similar thing, like being able to recognize features in the rock or how snow or ice yeah. or something is. is no, I don't doubt it at all. You're, th- you're, you're there the whole time. Um, yeah. I just thought know, that was really interesting. It's, it's the same thing like um, people that play poker, you know, they played so many and they, they could just they, they could just read people. Yeah. Like it's not as crazy as like, you know, that the Matt Damon movie rounders or whatever. But if you're, you're doing something, it's like you can just tell what someone's thinking because you spent so much time so much analyzing people's yes. face. Um, yeah. like those people that can tell people's whether they're lying or not by their facial expressions, right? That's like, you yes, just, you, you just recognize pattern patterns because like so many things in nature are just patterns. They're just patterns that just kind of repeat. Well, and I think like evolutionarily that's as humans, that's what we're, that's why, you know, people are like, oh, I see this, this in the clouds. It's like, we're always mm-hmm. trying to make trying something to in a patterns. pattern as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So they come back from that. They do that, I think in five days which is insane to me yeah so five days they do that so without dying so that's without good. dying so <laughs> no big deal alex um and so then he is then determined another he needs to do another attempt of the dawn wall and okay. so 2015 so they him and um kevin agree to meet december after christmas 2014 and then they start climbing mm-hmm. um and start putting up like free climbing it and so, um, and he does like, he practices and practices. And again, his training is just insane. He talks about his training. He's like 14 hour training days. He's just, mm-hmm. he's running at altitude. He's just doing whatever he can to just build up the endurance that this thing is going to take. Yeah. And so 
they do pretty well until they get to this one pitch where it's it's a traverse and it's a really like it's a really difficult and I don't think either of them had ever completely freed that pitch before like in all of their practicing and so um so he gets it he gets it on I think his like first or second try he's able to do it Mm -hmm. and but Kevin just can't do it yeah can't freaking get it he can't stick it his his the tips of his fingers are just trashed because of all of the holds and so he keeps trying and Tommy's just like kind of sitting and he's like getting cold like it's now two days and he hasn't climbed anything and then Kevin finally is just like well I'm gonna I'm just gonna rest for a couple days I'm just gonna rest my fingers and like Tommy's like okay well I like I'm gonna climb I'm gonna climb up to this like one pitch like and it's pretty high up it's called wino tower mm-hmm. like i'll climb up to there mm-hmm. and then you all you all wait like i'll kind of yeah. we'll figure it out from there what we're gonna do if you can make this pitch go in the meantime it's a fucking media frenzy because of course kevin's on the social media and it's just nuts they have like they have their own film crew with them to film this climb since it's gonna their attempt to be like yeah. the first ascent um and it's just a media circus, like the people down in the... And he doesn't even know about this? No, no, he does, but he doesn't expect it to get... It's like on the news, like every mm. night people are watching them and it's just, it's, they keep talking about it. it's insane. Not only that, like, he's like, they get so much, like as media does, they get so many things wrong. They keep showing pictures of Half Dome instead of like... like where they actually are. Yeah, so stupid. So, um, so yeah, and then of course the pressure on Kevin to get this traverse is immense because they're like, oh, Kevin's holding Tommy back and blah blah blah. And then people yeah. are like, oh, well, should should Kevin just you know graciously bow out and let Tommy you know finish this climb? They've been working on this. This is their seventh year attempting yeah. to hit this. Like, should he just graciously bow out? Um, and so um, Tommy gets to this one pitch before the Wino Tower. He gets to this one pitch where it's a dyno. And the only way that they have found to get to go up is this eight foot dyno that they have to do. And so it's gotta, just got to Tom Cruise it. He's never been able to hit this dyno. Neither of them have been. He even well, they've tried it before. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because they're the whole years they've been working on it. They're trying like they're, so they just go at different spots. Yeah, to exactly. Try to work to on try and work. Yeah, exactly. And so he even like measured it and accurately did everything and set up the exact dyno in his gym to practice it and everything just couldn't get it couldn't get it so he eventually then finds he down climbs and then climbs up and around this dyno so he does so tommy doesn't do it yeah so eventually after a week kevin finally gets the traverse what level of difficulty is this traverse i think it's a 514 yeah it's so 514. I don't know. A, B, C, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, so, so then Tommy gets to the top of the Wino Tower too. This is before Kevin is able to um, get across because once he gets to the, to Wino Tower, it's like it's pretty easy climbing to the top, and it's not that much further to the top. Yeah. And so he gets there, and he's just like so overwhelmed with emotion, knowing like he's he's definitely going to be able to finish this climb he's been working on for seven uh, years. Don't celebrate too early. And so he has, and he's just like it doesn't matter how long it takes Kevin to hit this traverse. Like I want him to feel this feeling and I want to complete this with him. Mm -hmm. So he goes back down and he tells that 
basically kind of tells that to Kevin. And I think that took the pressure off Kevin knowing like no matter what, what's going to happen, Tommy's going to wait for me. And so Mm, then he's able to, then he's able to do it. And then not only is he able to do it as he's climbing to meet Tommy's high point, he hits the dyno. He does the dyno. He hits the dyno. Yeah. Yeah. And so then they get to the top and they finish it. So they live happily ever. So it took them, it took them 19 days. Oh wow. Yeah. To get to the top of this thing. So they're first people to ever do it. Do you ever do it like free climbing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so him and Beth have, they have two kids now. So yeah. And so that's the, that's the story. And the <laughs> the, doc- the, story. the documentary, it's called the Don wall and it just documents the whole, the whole climb and everything. Yeah, Cause if they had cameras and all that yeah. stuff, so they should be able yeah. to take a look at it. And it's really, it's really, really great. It's yeah. really You've great. You've seen it? Is it on? Yep, Amazon you can. Um, I think I saw it on Netflix, but I actually just rewatched it and it was on free on YouTube. Back when so we had, Netfl- had yeah, Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. So I'll I'll link to it if it's still available on YouTube. But it's such a great doc. If you like climbing, it's really good. Yeah. I w- I think I watched it before Free Solo. I and I thought mm. it was really really good. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So that's the story. I just thought it was really. It was really great. Like well, it's a great story. I wasn't expecting this whole. Oh yeah, by the way, we're climbing, and then we just got kidnapped for some reason. I know. Days. Like, I know. Didn't we just do that sand uh, book yeah, a couple I weeks know. ago? Yeah. Another no another adventure getting kidnapped. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Do you think they would have gotten kidnapped if they would have went to the embassy? Probably would have happened anyways, but at least they would have known. Yeah, like I, I, I don't think know. that's the thing is that the embassy didn't know that they were there, and so that's why their parents didn't even know they had been kidnapped. For a while. Yeah. Yeah. Until they were able to get like get or to even the embassy. at all until yeah. they were freed or while well, they escaped. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So yeah. So lesson learned: always check in in the embassy. Yeah, yeah. It just so, it's so that they know where you are for sure. Mm-hmm. Crazy town. And even back then, there was no like cell phones either, right? Because it's just in two thousand. So I yeah. mean, they had cell phones, but the, 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 the bigger ones <laughs> or whatever, and they weren't the as phone. ubiquitous as they are now. Yeah. No. Nothing. All right. Today. So the push. On a scale of one to ten, uh, mm-hmm. as just a book, mm-hmm. like a for I'd the for the read, I'd give it a ten. It's a ten. He's a, actually a really good writer. Mm. He's really really good, really insightful. There's a ton of stuff we didn't go over. Like there's so many amazing climbs he goes. Oh well, yeah, if I mean that's not important to go over every single. Climb no, of course done, not. If you're a climber, you would you're, gonna, you're love it. gonna love it yeah, because sure. he goes. And if you're a climber, you probably already know this guy. Oh, well, I would hope you know this guy. Um, yeah, you're you're gonna love it if you're a climber for yep. sure. And yeah, it's just it's interesting like that the relationship dynamics as well. I thought that was like he gets very vulnerable, um, which I always appreciate when people are able to be authentic and vulnerable in their books. And yeah, yeah I just thought it was uh, it was really really great, really really great author. So we're f- the first person was Beth. That's this is her. Yeah, that's the, the first wife. <laughs> the first wife. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's his finger. Yeah, Oof. I know. Yeah, the yeah. finger to me is nuts, and he's able to t- continue and do all that even oh, yeah. without missing, it, without missing a finger. So yeah, oh, remember that adventure guy? Um, 127 hours. Oh god, yeah, I had to cut his own arm off or whatever. Yeah. Oh, spoilers. Haven't seen that movie. <laughs> um, but that's crazy. Yeah, you just come back and yeah. you know you just you just, just adjust. You just adjust. Yeah. Yeah, and that's fantastic. I mean, that's a, just a great lesson. Um. Is to just persevere, and no matter what obstacles come in your way, you know if you have a goal, 
and you have something that you want to do, you can find a way to, to get it done. Well, and just if you love something as much as he loves climbing and like he's just like, mm-hmm. this is where I'm supposed to be is on big walls. Yeah. But he says that in the book. So Yeah. And how much of it, too, is this is where I'm supposed to be versus, well, this is kind of where I was and where I just kind of fell in love with because I've just been, it's yeah. just been in your life, too. So yeah. I think, too, I think parents can really shape oh, what their 100%. kids have. I mean, like, if you're always rock climbing, it's not like he's like, well, I'm just going to grow up to be like a chess player. Like, yeah. oh, that doesn't quite well, make sense. Well, of course. It's what you're um, exposed to. Yeah. But of still, course. but then that's still what you're exposed to and it still ends up being what you love. So, yeah. Um, which is amazing. Which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. So about what to do in terms of adventure. Like, would you want to do any of this kind of stuff? Fuck all of that. Yeah, also. <laughs> like, I'm reading it and, like, my hands are getting sweaty. Like, even, like, watching Free Solo, I feel yeah. like my hands are so sweaty, like, just watching this. And you know he's not going to die. But you're still oh, watching and you're like, oh, you're my like, he's God. Gonna die. <laughs> he's going to die. Well, it was the same thing with The Alpinist. I can't. That one's also amazing documentary. Yeah. It's the same thing. You're watching him do on ice and you're just like, oh, my God. So if, if anything, though, at least, you know, climbing in a gym is okay and doing yeah. that. But yeah. not out, outdoors, not for you Fuck at all? all of that. Not even <laughs> bouldering outdoors? No. Maybe. <laughs> But probably not. <laughs> no, right, I, I, pre- I prefer the indoor. I c- I l- that's the one thing I really miss about Waterloo is Grand River Rocks was such a great climbing gym. Yeah, it was so so great. Yep. Yeah, but even but even then, like I had a hard time getting to the top of those walls. Yeah, well, I mean, you didn't go as much as I did. No, uh, there was a there was a point in time where I was going, like I was there two thirds of of the time yeah. I, I won like prizes for like because like the person who showed up the most like every month would yeah. like win a prize yeah. so like i got that a couple times i think yeah um because like oh you were here 20 th- times this month I'm like yeah. oh god that's a lot <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i loved it yeah it was, yeah. It was a great place but yeah I mean, i'm the same like I, I have no desire to climb outside yeah i think if i if i actually did though i would like i'd look at that i'd be like how amazing would that be with that view? Because it's fairly safe when you're on your ropes. You're just going to be smart about it, right? Fuck all of um, it. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll so go and then you'll be taking photos from the ground. But do, do the heights not bother you? Oh, of course it bothers me. But, but when we go, like when we were going there last year to the climbing gym here, I feel like they didn't bother you at all. The oh, it does bother It does me. bother you? It does bother me. Well, bouldering, no, because you're not very high on a boulder. I don't know. It still freaks me out. That's still, um, that's still high to me. Yeah, they can. Yeah. Well, you're a little bit shorter too, so that's true. Uh, it's a little bit longer of a fall too for <laughs> you. <laughs> it is. Um, that's true. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if it's longer of a fall, but yeah, like if we're at the same height. Yeah. Well, no, it's still gonna be the same distance of a fall, but I don't know. I don't know. Just maybe proportionally <laughs> higher <laughs> because of your of your height. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, it still bothers me. It always bouldering always, especially when you get to the top, because it's it's yeah. tough. Um, but well, when I was in my prime of climbing. <laughs> Because uh, I was doing uh, like, you know, those oranges, so the V2s, yeah, V3s, yeah. Uh, and some of those were hard moves. And then you get to the top and you're so gassed, then you have to get, uh, remember, you have to oh, climb up to the top. Out to top out is the scariest thing. Because falling from the real top the is like, that's high. So yeah, those are yeah. always big falls too. Yeah. So, Well, yeah, I remember being like really specific about the, when we were bouldering at Grand River Rocks, I'm just like, I need to know, like, 
how where my hands and how I'm going to get over like that yeah. to me was like the scariest part like yeah. going up you can I, I loved that puzzle of figuring it out but then I'm just like I need to know how to get over yeah. the top but that one there was just there was always like really big holes up at the top that one still, was that one was yeah but that one was okay I liked that one but the one the top out here the top out here is shit I fucking hated it and I never well we never I never got to the top to go around I just the top out uh, here they only topped out at levels that would be too high for you at your skill level because at the smaller oh, ones you they don't even, even top you out you couldn't even top oh, out that's interesting. so you couldn't you all, you basically had to do like the orange level yeah to be able to, to get to top, top out. out well and then the i remember the one at river rocks the one the bouldering section at the back of the building at the slab that one yeah. i didn't like the top out on that one either but that one was easy because it was this big thing you just i know i still right i still didn't like it yeah. it still freaked me out yeah which yeah. is the same as the this year too this year, it's, just, yeah. it's just a flat well, they don't even have any yeah, into grip, so that's that. why you got to be, you got to be good enough because people yeah. when they get the top, it's just. But that's the strength too. It's like you just place your hands and you just they pull. It's like you do. Get it's like a muscle up. Uh, you yeah, have to exactly. have that good core strength. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the idea is that when you're at a certain level, you have good strength to get up, so yeah. you should be able to top out no problem. Yeah, it's 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 the top. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, where you go. But if you're so jacked, just getting to the top, and it's like that one last thing. It's, it's like, like oh, it's too much. You know, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, but you got to be careful falling too because if you fall uncontrolled, like you can remember, there was that one girl she like twisted her whole MCL. Yeah, because you're not falling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so you got to be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, all right. Well, we won't go. That's fine. (laughs) Uh, We're not uh, traversing the Arctic either, so you know that's all right. Yeah, but yeah, but maybe at some point too, it'd be nice to get back into climbing somewhere. Oh, I really just need to to figure out. To find a good we gym. Just, we just need to get sponsored. That's all. That's all. I mean, if we just get sponsored, then we could just climb all day. That would be great too. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I'd love that, that that whole idea of like, well, I just train all the time for fourteen hours. I'm like, well, that's not a bad job. It's better than well, sitting a really at a desk job, all yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, anyways. Yeah. So that's not too bad. Well, it's awesome. Yeah. Maybe yeah. someone will want to sponsor uh, a couple forty-one year olds. Uh, <laughs> You're 42, my friend. Am I 42? You're 42 now. Well, you'll be 42 soon enough. You'll catch up. You're catching up. All right. (laughs) Well, I think that's it, eh? Anything else you want to cover? No, that's good. The push. Tommy Caldwell, recommended. 10 out of 10. Good read. Especially if you love climbing, which you've probably already read it. But if not, just a great story. So pick it up. Yep. Uh, Enjoy the read. And um, thank you for for watching, as always, or or listening. We appreciate it. Mm Mm-hmm. High five. Chris, high five. Yeah. He's like, what are you like, surprised every time? That we, oh, we're doing a <gasps> high five? Oh, oh, I've never done so this before. So we do it every time. <laughs> and I think you're a pro now. I don't think I need to comment. Ooh. The contact is good. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's, good. it's, it's crisp. <laughs> and it's five. It's awesome. I think you've, you've graduated. Oh, I feel special. So with that, thank you very much for listening. Mm-hmm. And see you next week. Sounds good.